This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. I don't even say the word the same. You said regrets. I say regrets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural Rodin's Fellow podcast from the seventh class of fellows. I'm your host, Sakir George, an English major at Howard University, home of the bison. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by the other Rodin Fellows and some special guests. Let's kick off the podcast by introducing ourselves. Hey, everybody. My name is Lawrence Goss. I'm a senior student studying broadcast journalism at Florida A&M University. Hey, everybody. My name is Cameron Jackson. I go to the North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University studying multimedia journalism. You have to stop adding the the before. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep adding the the. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I brought some athletes from my school, the HU Howard, and I'm just going to let them introduce themselves. Please give us your Howard intro and tell us your sport of choice and your positions. Okay, I guess I can start. Hi, my name is Sierra Edmonds. I'm a junior marketing major from Princeton, New Jersey, and my sport of choice is volleyball, and my position is DS, which is defensive specialist or back row passer. I'll go next. Hello, everyone. My name is Heaven Nunley. I am a sophomore psychology and criminology double major from Fort Worth, Texas. My sport of choice is volleyball, and I play outside and middle back. And like Takir, I bought an athlete from the Florida A&M University. So, Michael, if you can, you can come on here and introduce yourself as well. All right, for sure. So, greetings. I am Michael Kremlin II, a senior business student majoring in supply chain management from Tallahassee, Florida. I'm on the track and field team here. And the event that I do is triple jump, long jump, and high jump. Thank you guys for that. So, I think one thing we kind of just wanted to talk about to kick it off is what is it like being a college athlete? Like, is there any pressure? I know for sports like football and basketball, whenever we lose, the school be on them, like, real bad. And I just think to myself, I don't know if I could even, like, handle being in that position. But for you guys, what is it like being a college athlete? And do you feel like that comes with any pressure? Do you want to take the question first? or? Sure, I can touch on it. So me and Heaven are on a club team, which is – not exactly the D1 team. So we don't really feel as much as that pressure of losing. It's a little bit of a looser, um, more comfortable environment. But I mean, always when there's a loss, you're going to feel it and it kind of carries on into the team. But it's just about how you pick up and keep going because there's always going to be another game. There's always going to be another match, another set. So I think it's all about mindset. But um, I'm sure that Michael can probably touch on those pressures, but at least for me, I don't really feel a lot of pressure. I kind of just feel it from my team of always wanting to succeed and do better for them because it is a team sport and it's not all about me. So just remembering that. Um, so I'll go into my answer. I say there is pressure, but at the same time, it's all about your character as well. Uh, for me, I know from my previous seasons, I wasn't always winning. I've had a couple wins, some successes, but at the same time, within the school, um, within athletics, they always have that uplifting spirit because at the end of the day, you are one of their athletes and they care about you. So that loss, yes, it hurts, but it all depends on, you know, how your relationship is with the school. But I will say it's always somebody watching. Um, so through your, your good, your bad, your ugly, there's always somebody watching. I remember uh, back in 2021, there was a picture posted of me 
that got a good number of likes. And I ran into people around the campus, around in different places. And they were like, aren't you such and such? And didn't you just win or didn't you just do this? And it's just the fact that someone's always watching. I'll oh. touch a little bit of both of those. Um, to Sierra's point, yes, we are on the club team. And at the end of the day, all of the girls who are there choose to be there. And so I think that plays a part in losses and wins. You know that you're not like doing it by yourself, even if you may be the one who like cost the game when it comes to the last point, you don't have to take on that burden by yourself because like Sierra said, it is a team sport. And then also touching on what Michael said, it is all about character at the end of the day. You're going to want people on your team who have good sportsmanship and character similar to yours so that you feel like you're a unit um, when it comes to wins and losses. Thank you, guys. I was just wondering, when did you guys start in your sports and what was that moment that solidified for you that you wanted to continue and that volleyball and track was going to be your thing? Mine is a bit of a crazy story. So actually, my mother's boyfriend was like, this girl can't sit around the house. This is in middle school. He was like, this girl can't sit around the house. Like, we got to find something for her to stay active. And I quite literally tried every single sport in the book from golf to skiing, which actually also stuck. That's my second sport. Um, but I've tried everything. Like, I tried basketball. And then I realized you had to do defense. And I quit because I hate people around me like that. And then I tried, like, flag football. I've tried everything. And then we came across volleyball at, like, a boys and girls club. And I loved it because I was like, I get my own space. Like, it's not too much contact. And it's a team sport because I didn't want to do anything individually. Um, and then from then on, like, my mom's boyfriend was like, I'll, I'll coach you all because he somehow knew how to play. I think men are just athletic. I have no idea how he knew how to play. But he was our coach. And then it just stuck with me because I guess, like, I had a loved one on the team with me. And he was like, he vowed to, like, help me get better because I actually really liked it. And from middle school, I want to say, like, sixth grade till now I've stuck with it um and yeah it's, it's been really great I did like travel teams club teams school teams and yeah I just loved the bond that I got with all the girls that it was just like I knew this was the sport for me plus like I was more good at it than the rest that I tried so I was like let me just stick with what I did best at the beginning so cool um I wasn't really blessed in the sports department um I excel in other departments, but how about you, Michael? Where did you start? Oh, I actually started playing sports when I was four, and I started with t-ball. Um, thought I would turn out to be a baseball player, but by the time I turned eight, I realized I didn't want to do it no more, and I picked up a basketball. Like As soon as that sport stopped, basketball started, and that's really where my love was, and it still is. So basketball is my number one sport, hands down. Love basketball to death. Um, but as a kid, I was on the smaller side, like everybody was bigger than me. I could shoot, but it wasn't my forte. So when I got to middle school and I didn't make the middle school team, the track coach reached out to me. He was like, you look like you could run. You look like you enjoy it. And old and behold, I did like running, but I didn't like um, running, getting tired and losing, to say the least. And so in seventh grade, I tried being on the track team because I didn't make the basketball team again. I was like, I'm going to give it a chance. And I ran the 800, which is two laps around the track. It was decent. I was like, I'll come back for the next year. I enjoyed the camaraderie with the team, and it was something I liked. But in eighth grade, I did triple jump, and I went to state my first time doing it. Like, the first time I ever did the event, I, I, I won. I did good. So I took it to high school, but I didn't take it serious in high school. So 
ninth grade, turned around and played basketball again and didn't do track. So I took a year off from track, played basketball, and I had it in my head, okay, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting bigger, I'm getting faster. Maybe I could play basketball in college. Maybe. Turned around and we lost. Um, I was a freshman in high school and I was like, maybe my school might not do the most in basketball, but I could get seen. So I picked up basketball and track throughout my other years of high school. So from 10th grade to senior year, I did basketball and track, but still didn't take track serious. My senior year of high school, though, I actually came inches away from winning the state meet. And it didn't become prevalent to me that I could be something good at it until literally April of my senior year. I done did all my tests, really about to graduate. I got a call from FAMU. They realized that I got accepted in the school and that I was going to be coming. The coach was like, hey, this is Scott Dawson. You know, I, I seen your numbers and we'd be interested in offering you some money, you know, if you came to the school. And legit, in the moment, I was I was appalled. I never thought I could make money off sports, really, considering that it wasn't basketball. I thought I was just the greatest in the world at basketball. And so once I heard that news over the phone, that's when it was like an instant spark. Like, track could really be my second love. It'll never catch basketball, I can say that to say the least. But that's when I realized that I could be something in track um, when I was just that close from winning. And how about you, Heaven? So I started playing sports at a young age. I played soccer and basketball at the beginning. Um, I think I was like, I think I started like six years old. So I played soccer first just for a little bit. And then I played basketball and then basketball was my main sport for most of my life. And then I went and played select basketball and select soccer at the same time. And there was kind of, it was kind of hard juggling both of them because soccer season and basketball season have that overlap around like the end of the year. And so I had to choose one. Um, and I chose to stick with basketball because I was just, I didn't like running. I've never been much of a runner and I'm still not, but I was, I was better at basketball. I was a tall girl for my age when I was younger. And so it was just, I, I was better at it. And so then I went on to middle school and when I started to play basketball, volleyball tryouts were before. So seventh grade, sixth grade, we couldn't do um, organized sports like with our school until seventh grade. So seventh grade came around. I was like, oh, like basketball is my thing. Like that's what I'm going to try out for. Yada, yada, yada. But um, volleyball tryouts came out and I made the A team. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I can play volleyball. Like, yay. <laughs> and so I played. And then I was recruited by a girl's mom who went to our rival school. She coached volleyball, like a, um, what's it called? A club volleyball team. And so I went and I joined their club volleyball team. I was playing basketball and club volleyball at the same time at this point. And then when I got to high school, I played freshman year volleyball. I wasn't thinking much of it, but I made freshman year um, varsity. And so I was like, maybe I can like do something with this. And so I continued to play. I decided to stop playing basketball sophomore year and I went back to soccer. And so then ever since then, I've been playing soccer and basketball, but then I stopped playing soccer and just continued to play volleyball up until now. And here we are. Yeah. I think everybody at least tried a, a different sport maybe. And then kind of, if it, if it wasn't that one, it was always another one to, um to at least go down. At least for me, I know I started with, um I probably started with, with uh, soccer actually. And I ended up finding my way to, to basketball. And then I ended up coming to school on a band scholarship. So um, everybody has their own their own different avenues in terms of sports and, and how everything goes. But in terms of, of being, you know, a, a, 
a collegiate athlete, you know, it, it comes with a lot, you know, you have to balance school and, you know, you come to school to get your, your degree and your academics and, and maintain that balance and everything. But then on the other side, you still have your sport that you have to, you work so hard to be able to, you know, get to where you're at the, the level of playing that you're at now. And you have to balance both of those while, you know, trying to get that 4.0. So, so can you guys talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I can start. So I'm actually a 4.0 student. Um, and it's been really tough being thanks in the business school trying to keep my grades up um with this work because like immediately after class I have to run to practice and vice versa and then you know your weekends are taken up with tournaments so you have to have really good time management to get your assignments and quizzes and tests done before the sport because we are student athletes even though some people may confuse it the other way um but I think it's just about, I feel like anybody can be a 4.0 student if you put your mind to it. It's really just about time management, working with your professors, going to office hours, and then just making sure you have time for both. And then knowing yourself and your body and your um, mental and physical health to be like, okay, this is enough. I have to cut back on this. Like maybe this can't be my priority today, or maybe missing a party to do your homework. And I'm not going to say miss a tournament, but like working with your coach and making sure like maybe this practice I can't make, but I can make the next one or stay longer. It's just about knowing yourself. But yeah, like I said, it's all about um, time management, working with your teachers, and then just knowing yourself and your body. I'll go next. I'll say I can agree to the point that's been made. It's definitely time management, but also something that's been incorporated through my time as an athlete from the day I got on campus to something that I still practice now, even though it's not required, is having study hall hours. So when I first came in, it was a requirement for all freshmen that were on the team to have eight study hall hours every week, um, regardless of the situation. And so it's like we come in, sign in, sit down. It's that allocated time that we have to do our work, but it forces you to do your work because you have to be there. And not only that, but using the resources that they provide for. So they'll have math tutors, writing tutors, or just other things of that nature, using the computers that are there to print it. So it's like you're set up for success in a certain area aspect. Like that's just something that that was built on us to start. Like it was mentioned, we're student athletes, student comes first. So heavy emphasis on the student athlete and student coming first. Um, for me personally, I feel like I've always, I've always done well with my time management just because whenever I get like, whenever I have overlapping in my schedule, or I feel like oh, I'm not going to have enough time to do this, or oh, I can't do that because I have to do this. I get like stressed out. So for me, I like to take care of my business first. So like things that I know that I have to get done, I like to just go ahead and get those out of the way. So I don't have to think about them when I'm at practice so I can really zone in and get to work um, on the court. And so then whenever I'm off the court, I can get to work. And whatever it is I'm doing afterwards or before. Has there ever been a moment where you guys had to sacrifice um, like a fun time to be a student first? Yeah, for me, definitely. I remember there was one practice. We ran a little late. I don't remember why we had to stay really late. It might have been we might have lost a game or we might have done something where we had to run and it was like an extra 30, 45 minutes. And I was planning to go out with my friends for one of their birthdays. And I had to cancel because I was like, I have to stay an hour later for practice. And then I also had an assignment due at midnight. So it was like fun over being an athlete and a student. And I was like, I mean, it's your birthday, but I see you every day. So we just did something the next day. But that was definitely like one of the times that I had to miss. And everybody knows I have FOMO. So that was really hard for me, but it's okay. I lived and survived. So 
Uh, I can honestly say not while being in college. I haven't had to deal with that struggle. Every time I miss something, I plan on missing it anyway. It was already cutting my cars that I wasn't going to make it. But I will share an experience from high school. I actually missed a prom in high school because of a track meet. I had my regional track meet in Jacksonville, which was two hours away from where I was at the time. And the meet ran long. I didn't get to go, but it, it was an experience that I got to make up because I went to another prom anyway, but yeah. So I'm very like meticulous when it comes to time. And so there hasn't really been a time, at least here at Howard, where I've ended up missing something without having already planned missing it. But in high school, there were times where I would not be able to go like playing club volleyball. I'd have an early, I had an early morning tournament the next morning, like Saturday or Sunday morning, have to get there. We have 7am start. And my friend's like, Oh, like, let's go out or let's have a like our birthday parties. And I'm like, I can't do that because while I have time now, I'm going to be tired in the morning and I need my eight hours no matter what. <laughs> so I have to, I have to prioritize my sleep um, if I want to be able to perform well. So that's me. Yeah, I'm um, no athlete, all student, but um, there have been several times where I definitely had to pick my GPA over like a fun night. You guys know DT has like a great nightlife, but I definitely would pick my schoolwork over anything else. Yeah, I would agree with that. We spent the whole summer in DC and like Takir said, it was just, you know, you guys know, like we're 20, you know, what we do. So, yeah. Definitely. We also kind of had to like experience what you guys experienced, you know, just kind of having to manage everything. So we've seen both of your team stats. Um, congratulations on your successes. The Howard Volleyball Club has had seven wins, four losses and one tie in their last season. And now the FAMU track team is starting to practice for the next year. What are you doing to prepare for your upcoming seasons? Yeah, want me to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> um, So... Our conditioning just started uh, last week. And personally, I am not only practicing, you know, the workouts that have been given to me, but taking that time outside of that to come back bigger, stronger, better, because I don't know if I mentioned, but last season I did not compete uh, due to unforeseen circumstances. But this is my senior year or my final season, my season finale, as I want to call it. But um I competed my first three years of college, did not compete last year, and now I'm in my final year. So I want this to be the best year possible. So I'm doing my rehab, doing extra workouts, taking advice from others, talking to other coaches, just trying to be the best version of me for my last my last year on the track. I'll go next. I more than anything hate playing catch up. So having the summer off, you know, you can get a little bit lackadaisical on your day to day and your daily and workout and stuff like that. So I know that having tryouts coming up either next weekend or the weekend after that, I'm trying to yeah, next weekend, I'm trying to solidify a spot. And I know that the best way that I can do that is to be in shape so that I don't have to worry about playing while I'm tired. I can just worry about playing. Um, and so that's kind of the biggest thing for me. I, I, I said before, I don't like running, but I know that at the end of the day, you have to run. And in order for me to get in shape, I'm going to, I've been running, but I'm going to have to like continue to do it so that you can stay in shape while the season gets going. And I feel like it's easier to improve in your fundamental gameplay if you're not worried about improving while you're playing, while you're tired. If you can just omit the tiredness, I mean, obviously you're going to get tired, but if you start out tired, you're playing catch up. 
So I think getting ready before season starts so that whenever season starts, you're already kind of ahead of the game. Yeah, I have to agree with Heaven. So unfortunately, our gymnasium is still in a renovation. So we haven't been able to like do clinics like we normally do before tryouts or just get in there and get like a couple reps in. But I've been working out every day. I do, you know, because I'm a pastor, I do all my leg workouts. And I actually was with one of my teammates today and we did legs. So it's just about training and keeping up the stamina. Um, And then just hopefully, you know, all my skills will come back during tryouts, but we'll see. Michael, how did you feel about what Noah Lyle said about, because, you know, he runs track. So, you know, I'm interested to know, do you agree with what he said? For those of you who don't know, Noah Lyle's basically said, (laughs) or I'll let you say it, Michael. (laughs) Okay. Um, it's, It's funny because I was actually talking with my parents about this earlier today. And so, Noah Lyles is an Olympian, but he's a professional track athlete who just won, and he's the world champion of the 100 meters. And so he said, as his statement led on, he had his rebuttals and his recollection of his meet. He ended his statement to say, and it hurts me the most that the people in the NBA say that they're the world champions. And he said, world champions of what? The United States? And so... Most recently in the basketball world, the United States just lost to Germany. What's his name? Dennis Schroeder is on the team. I can't. Yeah, Germany. And then it was another team that they lost to. And so in rebuttal to that, I can honestly say he wasn't wrong, you know, but at the same time, the, the NBA or United States did not send their best players. So. I agree, but disagree with him. But I do agree. Like, he is up for saying what he said, considering the United States did lose. Like, right, right, right. It was it was a very true statement. The, the world champions of what? But then they, they're going to come back next year and they're going to be in Paris. And, you know, the United States is going to win. But yeah, yeah. Ron, he committed. He keep recruiting them dogs. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was that was a statement for the books. And he is definitely up right now. <laughs> And Sierra in heaven, I think, at least when I was in high school, I had people telling me all the time, you know, volleyball doesn't look that hard. Like, you know, anybody could play this. Like, I'm interested to know, do you guys get those comments while you're at Howard? Every day by the football team because they practice at the same time as us. So I would always get those comments from my friends um, and also the soccer players that I was friends with. Like, they would always be like, oh, I can beat you on a one-on-one there's no one-on-one volleyball, but I just, you know, like, <laughs> talk. I'm like, okay, but literally every day in the day that they do follow through and have the challenge, I bet hands down any one of our girls could beat them because they just think it's smacking a ball, but it's so much more than that. When you have balls flying at you from six, five girls and you're trying to dig it and then get a perfect pass to the setter. Like, I think they just think it's like ping pong. I'm like, no, that's not what volleyball is, but you know, boys will be boys. So <laughs> I think that people think that it's so easy because volleyball players make it look easy. Um, I think that if you're good enough, it's not going to, if you're good enough at anything, you're going to do it and it's going to look effortless. So kudos to all the volleyball girls out there who have people saying, oh, what you do looks easy. Take that as a compliment. Thank you guys. So you guys know recently um, HBCUs have been, in terms of athletics, have been kind of trending upwards um, in terms of, you know, national like having eyes on HBCU athletes. 
Um, is there any advice that you would give to, you know, athletes who are trying to maybe high school athletes who are deciding, you know, whether they want to go to an HBCU or, or follow a more quote unquote traditional route in terms of, of trying to go have the goal being to go play sports at a PWI? I was actually just talking about this with my mother um, and she because we have a lot of friends that are in Jack and Joe that are athletes in high school trying to choose where they're going to go. And I actually just held a panel for them, a Jack and Joe panel at Howard to try to convince them to go to an HBCU. But we were just saying we think obviously the money's at PWIs, but with the buzz on HBCUs, we're like, if we can get our community, especially after the affirmative action ruling, if we can get our community to come to HBCUs, it's going to generate more money and more buzz and we're going to get more opportunities if the good players come here. But it's because all of them get swayed to go to where the money's at. Our programs aren't able to really develop. So it's just about our community coming together and then you know, hopefully they choose the HBCU, but I do see the appeal of going the traditional route because it's already set in stone and it's like a segue right into, I guess, whatever major corporation they want to go into. But I mean, ideally, we would want them to come here and help build our programs and make them better. What I say to this statement, dare to be different. That's the reason I came to an HBCU. And hopefully others, you know, would take that into consideration. I know it was Buzz talk about it before. Bronny became a senior that he was looking at FAMU and Mikey Williams and all that. But I just say dare to be different. And it's hopefully that this this next generation, in my eyes, I want to say wake up because, you know, the term that's that's starting to trend now is to be woke. Um, Just did some some research on that and it's, it's starting to be prevalent, be used. But they just hopefully they wake up, dare to be different. I think both of you guys have made some great points. And I think, Sierra, you put it so perfectly the appeal is to go to go the traditional route, a PWI, um, instead of going to an HBCU, because like she said, the money is there. And for a lot of people, especially one people in the community, um, money is a factor in going to school. So if you're being offered more to go the traditional route than you are to go to an HBCU, then it totally makes sense that you're choosing to go where the money is. But like Michael said, um, dare to be different. And so I challenge the next generation to do just that. Thank you, guys. I hope that the next generation is listening to this and because you guys made some great points. But um, I'd like to switch up the question. And this is something we talked about during our last podcast. If you had the opportunity to choose a school all over again, which school would you choose? Like, would you go, would you guys pick Howard and FAMU or would you pick something different? I like to live with no regrets. So I'm just going to go with the safe option and be like, I would stay with Howard because I don't want to run myself in circles like, oh, what if I chose Syracuse for skiing? Because that's why I was going to go to Syracuse. Um, But yeah, I I loved where I was at. I'm happy that I'm able to spend the next four years with people that look like me before I get into the workforce. Um, And then what better HBCU to go to than the Howard University? I mean, if you want to be the best, go to the best. So. You lost me right there. That's where you just lost it. Sierra had it right. I had it correct. Thank you. I know it got on the tip of your tongue. And I could just hear it on the tip of your tongue. It was like, and cat. Well, yeah, I I can agree. But I don't even say the word the same. You said regrets. I say regrets. Have you ever seen that commercial, that Snickers commercial, where they had the tattoo that said no regrets, like the tattoo artist spelled it wrong? Yeah. 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 It's from Where the Millers, too, I think. Yeah. 
I speak like that, no regrets. So, I mean, I love FAMU. I know the reason I came here started to be track, but I just grew a love for the school and I'm I'm tied to the school in more ways than than one. And so I definitely would pick FAMU all over again. Love everything about it. Love everything that happened. It didn't play out how I expected, and that's life, but definitely would choose an HBCU over a PWI. Even when I was younger, my family thought I was going to try to go to Duke because they had a great basketball program or try to go to UF because they was one of the top schools in Florida. But trickling down and, and learning what I learned and, and what I know now, I love it. So I didn't choose to I didn't choose to um, come to Howard until April of 2022. It was the only HBCU that I applied to and I just didn't I'm from like Fort Worth, Texas, so I wasn't really thinking, mm, let me go to an HBCU because I know all about HBCUs. I was just I was like applying to schools like Abilene Christian, Santa Barbara, stuff like that. Um so I wouldn't say that I would, if I were to do it again, I would choose a different school because I am growing to love it here more and more. Um, freshman year was kind of hard just because I was like, I'm far away. And I was like, oh, I want to be back home. I miss it there. But now I'm, I think, I think going to an HBCU was, has been great for me personally, because I'm surrounded by people who look like me, who have been through similar experiences as me. And I don't have to explain my perspective and then explain why I feel that way. I can just explain one or the other. And so it's a lot less work, I think, to go to an HBCU because it takes away all the other barriers that you have to overcome when you're not around people who look like you than when you are. Our last question for today is, if you could give aspiring college athletes one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say be the change you want to see in the world, not to be cringy, but before Heaven and I came to school, this program wasn't even a thing. Um, and we wanted it to be a program because we wanted to compete like we did in high school with travel teams and with different universities, just not on the D1 level. Um, and we were able to do it just because we put our minds to it and we all banded together and got this off the feet and running and to the point where that Howard now funds us and we're getting new March this year and um, clubs are reaching out to us because they've been winning tournaments and they want to play with us. So it's like, you can really do whatever you want to do. So it's really just be the change you want to see. If there's a program that you want, create it. Like if you want to join something, do it. Like your life is everything you make of it. So that's definitely one big piece of advice I, I would want to hear. And hopefully that's what they, the next generation takes away from this conversation. I would say take advantage of your opportunities, but also have fun with what you're doing. For me personally, I say that because I didn't know that I wouldn't be competing last year. Like I expected to compete regular. I, I got a message in August right before school started saying I wouldn't be able to compete. And so just take advantage and, and really have fun with what you're doing, regardless if you're an athlete, non-athlete, but Enjoy the process. Um, college days swiftly pass. So really take advantage and have fun. I would say if you're trying to make decisions, pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. I'm a big advocate for prayer. I think I believe in the power of prayer as well. And remember that you only live once. So don't dwell on on regrets and don't dwell on like what could have been. Keep your eye on the prize and keep your eyes forward. Don't let past experiences bring you down. Look to the future to lift you up. 
Wow. I think that was a great way to end today's episode. So that's it for today. Thank you all for coming. Thank you to Michael, Heaven, and Sierra for taking the time to come speak to us. And an extra thanks to Parker Owens and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. Get all Roden Fellows podcast episodes, HBCU podcasts, by subscribing to the Anscape Listen tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us next time for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to go on the Anscape website and look at all the latest news and insights.